The views and opinions expressed by the guests on the following program do not necessarily represent those of Mark Radio, The Shepherd, or its advertisers. From the studios of The Shepherd Radio Network, it's Afternoons with Mike. This next hour is all about our walk with Jesus with local pastors, newsmakers, people who are making a difference for the gospel. Now, here is your host, Mike Gilland. Hey there, it is so good to have you back with us again on Afternoons with Mike, heard daily here on the Shepherd Radio Network. And with me today in the studio, I am so excited. I've been looking forward to this for some time. I met Martine Van Tilborg at the chamber of uh, the Christian chamber at a meeting when he spoke there. He was a speaker. I think you've been a part of a lot of those meetings in the past, right? I've been part of a lot of those meetings, Mike. Yeah. So Martijn is originally from the Netherlands, right? Is that, yes. Have I got that right? You got that right. That yeah. kind of explains why I sound like Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> you do have a little bit of that uh, European... Uh, brogue about you, but otherwise you're pretty clear speaking here. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. (laughs) You know, I I mean, it's it's always fun to talk to people from Europe, talk to people from the British Isles and and get the difference. I was over there. You'll appreciate this. I was there visiting one time and I made a comment to a bunch of of those from London that were uh, talking and they were all gathered around me and I said, I love your accent. And they looked at me like, our accent. You're the one with yeah, the accent. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so that happens. I'm sure you get that everywhere. Oh, totally. Yep. Yeah. We learn. We learn the British English in school. So we we ask questions. Oh, we don't yeah. ask questions. I get it. Yeah. But now you're here, and you've been in the states for how long? Since 2006. 2006. Yeah, so I'm still pretty new. Well, that's true. You, yeah, relatively new. Now you've been all over the world, though. That's right. You've yeah. worked in ministry. You've worked as a missionary. Uh, you are a marketing professional. And uh, the first time I saw you was not in person. The first time I saw you was on the cover of one of your magazines. Oh, really? That's the, the Avail. First I've got it sitting right in the waiting room there in our studios in That's the Avail magazine. Yeah. And somebody gave that to me, and I thought, who's this guy? I've never heard of him. And your name struck me. Because it, it looks at first glance like Martin, yes. but it's got a J in it, T-I-J-N, and it's That's pronounced right. Martine. Yeah, yeah. So if People think that I mistyped my own name. They start correcting me. <laughs> That's funny. So uh, you uh, you came over in 06. Were you coming over from the Netherlands, or had you, were, were you living prior to coming prior here? Prior to coming here, I was living in Cape Town, South Africa, where I was a missionary for almost three years. So uh, I was born and raised in the Netherlands, but ended up in South Africa prior to coming to the U.S. Now, let's just get this all out of the way, because I, I want to make sure people know that you are living in the Orlando area and you are a, you are a marketing professional. Now, I know that th- there's a lot to unpack in this interview, which we're going to get to it. But tell us what is the company that you uh, spend most of your time working with right now? Yeah, Four Rivers Media, sort of the holding company. And, you know, to define what I do, I get this question a lot. Tell me what you do. I still have to explain it to my mom what it is I do. But <laughs> I kind of summarize it into one sentence, which is I help people who have a message turn that message into impact. Okay. And that comes through print? That comes through? Yeah, it, it, I call it stewardship. When, when God gives you a message and you're a good steward of that message, that message multiplies. Yeah. And that translates to two things. One is missional. You reach more people more effectively, leaving a deeper impact on those people, on your audience. But on the flip side of that same coin, there's an economy attached with it as well that multiplies with it, that sustains the mission that God mm-hmm. had in mind when he gave you that message. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. And you do this in how many languages? Well, language is predominantly, I would say it's probably 90% English, but we do Spanish and some miscellaneous other translations but it's predominantly english u.s market are you bilingual or multilingual i am multilingual yes. i would figure that yeah. how many languages do you speak well i speak dutch english a little bit of french german and it's part of the educational system so that's right we have no choice that's right well you know that is one of those advantages of growing up in europe like that 
speaking Dutch, obviously that would have been your home language, right? It, it would have been helpful to speak that. <laughs> yes, it would have been helpful. And it was helpful. It was helpful. And I know that you took English though, just uh, alongside of all of the learning to speak Dutch as well, because that's just what they do. Yes. I mean, even television is in English with subtitles in Dutch and you know, that's how we learn. That's right. So when you're immersed in a language like that, it's so much easier to grab a hold of it and actually speak it correctly. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. So when you travel now, is there uh, any rusty stuff that you have to kind of uh, get brushed back up on language wise? Back to Holland? Yes. Uh-huh. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I prefer English at this point, I think, and dream and you know, yeah. it just yeah. reprogram you dream my in brain. English. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's, it. That's well said, man. I like yeah. that. Martine, when I look at your bio and it is printed so nicely, I mean, you know, when you think about a marketing, there's an old line that I heard when I was in college and, it, you know, studying communications is what I was doing because I had changed majors. I was going to be a teacher. Then I went into communications and somewhere in one of those courses, they gave a warning to all of all of the communication majors like myself. They said, just be aware that communicators are often terrible communicators. That's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> that, and I, I thought, well, that's an odd thing. Why would that be? And the, the teaching behind that was so often, just like if you go to a bricklayer's uh, home, you, you might see a broken wall. You know, they don't tend to their own stuff as much uh, as you would think they mm-hmm. would. Uh, and so, so it is with communicators, they were saying. People who make a living off of doing it are often privately not the best at communicating, but I look at you and your work, man, I, you are a marketing guy that knows how to market and that's what you do. You've well, done it wonderfully. Thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> so when, when was it in your life? Let's, let's start before the marketing. Let's start before the mission work. When was it that you first heard the gospel of Jesus? Well, it's funny you ask. I, you know, I just mentioned that we watch TV with subtitles and I remember there was a Christian movie on TV when I was about eight years old. I was sitting in the living room and I was reading the subtitles and through that whole experience of watching that movie, I had an encounter with God and I just knew at that point. How old were you? I was about eight years old. Eight years old. Okay. Yeah. Just old enough to keep up with the subtitles. Yeah. Wow. And, um, do you remember the title of the movie? I do not remember it. It was about a surfer. I know that. Okay. I don't know. There may be some yeah. 70s movies that people yeah. remember about a surfer that came to Christ. But I was watching that, and I just knew at that point, uh, just one thing, God is real. And that was my whole takeaway. Yeah. Yeah. So you heard the gospel through that movie to some degree, and you knew that God was real. How how long did it take for the next, the, let's say, the next level of relationship to happen? You know, everything is a process, right? So God never reveals everything about him all at once. It just doesn't work that way. I don't think we can even handle that if he were to do that. We'd yeah, probably drop yeah that. I think we'd drop that. <laughs> so, you know, isn't that what he told you Moses? Took the words right I'll, out of my I'll mouth. let you see a split second of <laughs> my backside yeah, right? <laughs> as I pass. So, um, yeah, I was, I was raised in a Dutch Reformed church. It was a pretty religious, legalistic environment. My dad was a deacon wearing a black suit and has to sit in a certain seat. And I was back with my buddies on mm-hmm. Sunday morning. Right. And I had this experience, God is real. But then when I go to church, the only conclusion that I had was, well, God is real, but I guess he doesn't go to church. Because, because there you was, weren't seeing him there. No. So there was this discrepancy between this experience I had all by myself in the living room watching TV. Can you describe that experience? It was just like, I mean, it was about to explode on the inside. And it was just a spiritual encounter that just instantly gave me the understanding that there was a divine power yeah. that, you know, was higher than all of us. Some people who have that kind of an encounter, they will say they felt warmth or they felt the presence of God, like they were certainly not alone in that room. I'm sure that would be close to what you were talking about. Yes, yes, absolutely. Yeah. So that kind of put me on a journey of like, hey, what? why is there this discrepancy between what supposedly God's people project about that God that I now know is real? Right. 
and that experience that I had. And uh, funny enough, by the time I was 14 years old, I was introduced by a friend. His name was Rene. He was a classmate of mine. And uh, he joined me and my family on vacation. And then he said, why don't you go with me to camp? And this camp was led by two Protestant nuns. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah. A Protestant nun. Yeah, I didn't even know they existed. I, I, I'd never heard of that. No, they were, um, I don't know if there's an English word for it, but in, in Dutch, they were called diakonessen, which is the term for a Protestant nun. So mm. Sounds like it's a root of deacon then, huh? It, it, I guess so. Yeah. 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 So um, they were leading this, and, and I recognized something in, in what they were sharing. Like, they had seen the same thing I had seen. And that kind of became a turning point in my journey. Like, oh, wow, I guess I'm not that crazy. There's other people that have experienced the same yeah. God I experienced. Yeah. And uh, so that, that really became a point in my life where I said, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm going to be all in, uh, whatever that may look like. And of course, what that looks like to us evolves over time. Yeah, that's right. You grow. You grow. That's yeah. right. That's yeah. the plan, isn't it? That is the plan. And I that think is. that's God's plan. I don't yeah. think God changes, but we change in the process. <laughs> yeah. We become ever more like him. And we grow in the knowledge of the Savior. And the beautiful thing that I've heard in theology and studying that is that we're going to go through eternity having the glory of God unfolded before us. Yes. We're not going to see him, even though we'll see him, as the scripture says, as he is, we won't see all that he is. It's interesting. I mean, yeah. I was I was speaking at a church in Alabama last weekend, and I shared, uh, I think it's Exodus 6 or Deuteronomy 6, maybe it's Deuteronomy 6, it's in which God says, I revealed myself to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob as God Almighty. Yeah. But by the name Lord... I was yeah. not known to them. And it kind of implies that, hey, it's possible to know God in one aspect. But then there's another aspect of there's, God there's another that's layer. not known to us. That's right. And I like to look at Scripture as this compounded uh, story of human mind, mankind who over time has these epiphanies and revelations of about how, who God really is. And mm -hmm. somebody once said, God is like a strong tower. God is like like a lion, and we documented that. And over time, God becomes greater and greater as yeah. he reveals more and more of him throughout the generations. Yeah. And, you know, I don't think that process ever stops. I agree, and we don't want it to stop. Yeah. <laughs> I want to learn more and know him better than I do. You know, Martijn, when uh, I think about your story so far, I haven't heard a lot about your, your parents and all of this. Mm -hmm. What did they think about this ongoing growth and awareness that you were having with God? What did they think about it? Yeah, it was double. On the one hand, they really loved it because, you know, they had so many friends with children and the kids, they just, you know, they went out, did their own thing and said goodbye to their faith. And they saw me being serious, but at the same time, they were confused by the choices that I made, something very simple. And, you know, you may look, look at that and think it's it's petty and in some ways it is was like by the time i was 18 i wanted to be baptized well i was baptized as a child sprinkled mm -hmm. which was the custom at the time uh in the dutch reformed church it still is and they kind of were offended by that it took me you know two years of negotiation with my parents to for them to allow me to get baptized again wow which is kind of crazy looking I, back on I, it i'm really glad I, I like it i'm thankful that you had that conviction yeah. so um you know so then uh they started looking at me i became a missionary and in the process they started to change and they ended up being missionaries in africa themselves for Isn't quite a few years wow yeah. wow so describe if you will there's another layer that i'd like for you to kind of draw us into in your life it, it's it sounds like you've had these two major one at age eight then the second at the camp when you saw the ladies who really shared your zeal for god and you identified with the message that they were teaching where was it that you felt this call to become a missionary and actually go into a country or go into an area represent the lord there what happened there 
Yeah, it wasn't necessarily that I wanted to be a missionary. Uh, by the time I was about 18 years old, I had another experience. It was, I, I remember very clearly, it was the 31st of December 1994. I was in my city, I was walking around town, ran into somebody that I knew from a conference, and he said, hey, what are you doing? He said, I'm about to join this conference, why don't you join me? So, long story short, I ended up joining him, and it was this big convention, about 8,000 people in the room, and, wow. and there was a man yeah. from the UK, he was preaching on the uh, calling of Isaiah. Who, do you remember his name? I do remember his name, his name was Steve Chalk, hmm. and he was uh, preaching... Uh, calling of Isaiah, and we all know the story, you know, on the day that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord, I exalted, blah, 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 and then it ends with, whom shall I send? Here am I, send me. And then Elijah answers the call. Yeah. So by the time he was done preaching, I'm like, man, I'm I'm going to be all in. And that's the decision, actually, <laughs> when, I, when I decided I'm going to quit school. I'm going to be all in, whatever that may look like. So... Uh, of course, I was very young, and the Christian culture that I was part of, when God calls you, you got three options, right? And uh, you become a pastor, missionary, or traveling evangelist. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't like I had a lot of choices, because my idea of God's call was you fit in one of those three boxes. Yeah, that's so, right. I mean, the idea of a marketplace minister was not there. No, no, yeah. not at that time. So I, I basically started with the first one. I started planning churches. At one point, I was planning four churches at the same time uh, while having a 40-hour job because wow. I needed to pay the bills. Um, mm -hmm. The whole church world is very different in the Netherlands than it is here, especially economically. Um, so I had to raise the funds to be mm -hmm. able to plant churches. So um, I had a full-time job at Ernst & Young, a lot of... You're familiar with that company? <laughs> yes. Uh, somehow I ended there without school, right? No education. <laughs> Ernst Young hired me. Um, you had to be pretty good with numbers even there. Yeah, or huh? pretty good talking myself into yeah. it, right? And the, <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I sort of stumbled through that, but got to learn the trade and uh, planted for churches, but killed me because of the pressure. You know, it was every day. I had to be a meeting somewhere in the country to, to preach that or teach that or pray at or do yeah. Bible study at. Um, so somewhere in that, uh, time, I, I really wanted a way out because of hundred percent of the work, maybe 20% of it was really fulfilling. And I felt like I was doing the right thing. The other 80% really, you know, excuse my language sucked. <laughs> <laughs> it really did. And it just didn't feel like me. Mm -hmm. Um, but what else do you do when God calls you? Yeah. So it was like this square peg round hole kind of situation. And, um, yeah, I have felt that before Yeah, where you're confident God's called you to do something and yet you look around and it seems like everywhere you see, this is not what uh, you were called to do. This couldn't have been what God yeah. meant. Right. Yeah. yeah. So one day my pastor called me in his office and he said, you know what? Lord told me to go to South Africa and I'm looking for a team to join me. Are you with me? I had never been to South Africa, but it was my way out to my of my current situation. So mm -hmm. I said, yeah, I'm with you. So, <laughs> Well, let's pick that up. I'm up against a break. Martine Van Tilburg is my guest today, and we're going to hear more of this man's fascinating story and the life that God's given him to live. When we get back, this is Afternoons with Mike, and you're on The Shepherd. EC Waters Air Conditioning and Heat serves all your comfort needs. With over 40 years' experience, EC Waters is a top trained comfort specialist, earning customers for life with integrity. No wonder EC Waters Air Conditioning and Heat has earned a 4.6 or higher out of 5 rating and reviews across all major online platforms. For all your comfort needs, call 407-603-9144 or visit ecwaters.com. Palm Beach Atlantic University Orlando offers three distinct areas of study. An evening Master's of Science in Clinical Mental Health Counseling, an evening Bachelor's of Science in Human Services, and our new Daytime Bachelor's of Science in Nursing. All of our courses are offered at our beautiful campus on Millennia Boulevard. For more information or to schedule a tour, call 844-PBA-ORLANDO. That's 844-PBA-ORLANDO. 
My guest is Martijn Van Tilburg, and he is with Avail Magazine, Four Rivers. Uh, it's not related to the Four Rivers barbecue. I mean, that's... You not, know, I, bet you uh, get I get that, that question a lot yeah. from locals anyways. <laughs> uh, in fact, I started Four Rivers um, before the barbecue place became a thing. Okay. And in the early days, I would get phone calls, people ordering takeout. But, you know... <laughs> But it, Take out Rivers is not my last yeah. name, yeah. unlike John Rivers' name and right. his family members. But um, it comes from the rivers from Eden. Okay. And the rivers from Eden, it, it says a river sprung forth from yeah. Eden, yeah. parted into four directions. Yeah. And it's a picture that, that God gave us mm-hmm. that speaks about growth, advancement mm-hmm. of his kingdom. And um, I wrote a book about it in my 20s called Rivers from Eden. Wow. And when it became time for me to start my company, I'm, you know what? I'm going to call it Four Rivers Media. So that's how it came about. Wow. That's a great story in and of itself. You were telling us at the end of our segment, uh, before we had to take the break, about this opportunity to take this trip into Africa. And it was, like you said, a way not only out of where you were when there was confusion, things not, it just wasn't right. Uh, but it's not only a way out, it was a way in, a way into really uh, finding more about what God called you to do and what he was wanting you to do. Yes. So what happened next then? Yeah, I, I wouldn't say it was a trip. It was a move. Like we didn't even scout out the land. We just packed up, stuck our stuff into a container and put it on a ship. And wow. Me, my wife, two kids. On sight unseen, right? That's right. And we just went. And yeah. It was like uh, do or die. <laughs> My goodness. Again, I can relate to that. Do or die. We had two kids when we moved down to Florida. Yeah. Yeah. It's not easy. No. No. We ended up moving continent five times in 10 years. Wow. As a family. Wow. Yeah. And and I know that that brings maturity like nothing else. I don't recommend it though. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Five, five different comments that... Did I hear you say that well, right? Yeah, we we moved continents. Sometimes it was the same continent we had been before, mm-hmm. but there were transcontinental moves every couple of years. That's just incredible. Yeah. yeah, just yeah. amazing. Uh, I mean, again, it's it's culture that's changing. It's familiarity that's changing, yeah. and your kids, obviously, now they're along yeah. for the ride. They are. They are growing up, but it, it's incredible to. Talk to people who've gone through that kind of thing. Yes. And their lives were affected most of the time in a very positive way. Yes. By the changes that mom and dad did. Yeah. 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 My two youngest were born in the Netherlands. So they were part of each one of those moves. My youngest was born in South Africa. So he remembers less. Um, But yeah, they're all. How many kids? You have three? Three Three kids. Wonderful. That's a a real blessing, Martin. Um, I just how God does that. So when you're there, how long before the next uh, layer started getting kind of uh, revealed as to what your life was going to be? Yeah. So, you know, we're in South Africa with a mentality that possibly we would stay here the rest of our lives. And the vision was kind of like when we're done in Cape Town, we'll move north and hopefully at some point we'll end up in Cairo. And that was kind of my, kind of the mindset. So I, different things happened. Uh, I call them prophetic context clues that in a moment don't make sense, but they kind of live in your subconscious until an appropriate time and until until the the puzzle falls, if mm-hmm. you will. Uh, to give you an example, I was in a prayer meeting once, and this guy from Congo stepped in, started praying for me, and he looked at me when he was done praying, and he says, I believe God's saying that you shouldn't forget about the United States because in due season, God will instantly shift you. And it will be wow. sudden, it will be fast, it will be great. And I'm like, what in the world are you talking about? <laughs> Was I that just... even on your radar? At that no, point? no. Yeah. I had blinders on. I'm like, I'm in Africa, I'm, be, I'm all in, and this is where I'm supposed to be. So I, I sort of forgot that. And um, we, we used to do like an annual conference somewhere in the world with the ministry that I was part of. Um, this year was in, in South Africa. I remember standing in the back of the room and something fell on me that I can only describe as the soberness of God. Mm. 
And I just knew in an instant that everything was about to change, but I couldn't put my finger on it. Mm. And uh, I remember talking to my wife. She said, man, I have the same thing. I felt like we got to simplify our lives so we can go any place, anytime, at any moment. Uh, so we started selling our extensive book collection and CD collection at the time. And we turned the secondhand bookstore into a Christian secondhand bookstore by selling them our whole collection just to become lightweight. And yeah. then I remember we... we we rented a car and we started driving north because we couldn't go south because there's only penguins. And so we started. <laughs> you know. You're not going to reach a lot of those. Yeah. So we took our newborn, me, and my wife, and the two team members, and we just, you know what? We're going to drive north, see what happened, explore the land. And we ended up in five countries. And I was convinced that we were going to end up in Pretoria. I started looking for a, mm-hmm. um, a home. Marching then, on the road to Pretoria. Huh? Yep. Yeah. So, because it was kind of like strategically positioned, you could be within half a day in Mm -hmm. three, four different countries. And uh, that next morning, my wife wakes up, Amy is her name, and and she felt led to check on my green card status. And I had applied for my green card right after 9-11. My wife's from America, so, um, you know, that's how I applied. And... um, I had never used it. it. Took three years. By now, we're living in South Africa. I had to fly in for a five-minute interview to get the thing. Never used it. They sent it in the mail. A year later, she found out that morning when she checked about a rule that nobody told us about, which was uh, I had to set foot on United States soil at least twenty-four hours every annual cycle, or I was going to lose my status. Oh wow! Yep, they don't tell you that when you go through that whole That's thing. That's right. Yeah, I didn't know that. And um, I look at the date on my green card and I literally have a three-day window to get my butt back to America. Oh, my goodness. And it was another one of those moments where I was like, okay, I should at least ask God if he's up to something here because, you know, by ignoring the situation, it could alter the trajectory of our lives. Oh, yeah. Well, it did. And it did. It did. It did in an unexpected way. But it was in that moment where uh, I started to realize like, oh, wow, all these things came back. Like, I'll send you to America instantly. It doesn't get more instant than a three-day notice, right? No. And then... Uh, Were you yeah. on the way that day or the day after? No, it, it, on day three. So we cut it close. Oh, man, you were cutting it close. <laughs> but it, in that three-day window, it became really clear that God was sending us as a family and it was just another step in our journey and um, I love that you know I talked to my pastor he said you know what I believe this is God I'm sending you and uh, but I had two questions I said what what in the world are we going to do there because I you know I I had no idea and then who am I going to do it with because I had no connections other than my in-laws so you said Amy was from the U.S. what part of the U.S.? Minneapolis Minneapolis, okay. Yeah. yeah. So uh, wrestled through those questions. And in the middle of that wrestling match with the Lord, I it became apparent to me that that he wanted to reawaken the United States of America, and but that his church wasn't ready. And before he does anything, he always declares it to his servants, his prophets, scripture says. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I experienced the call to be part of that voice, not the voice, part of that voice. Mm-hmm. Because one of the things he said was like, don't get a big head, like in the days of Elijah, the 7,000 others, you know, you're one of many, mm-hmm. but in this season I will position you to be a voice to the church, to align the church with what I'm about to do. And then he said, don't worry about who to do it with, because as you go in obedience, I'll open door after door after door. Oh my goodness. Now remember, there was a three-day win now on day three, Guy walks into church, and this is a small church, 100 people, maybe, if that. Uh, he's an African-American Baptist preacher from Orlando, Florida. And, and he gives me his phone number. He says, Bertie told me you're, move, you're flying to Orlando, Florida. By now, my in-laws have moved from Minneapolis to Orlando, Florida, so it was a logical place to go. Uh, we just booked our tickets to fly there. And he gives me a phone number. And so... It was the first door that opened before we even left in a three-day window. Oh, my goodness. And I call that the prophetic signature of God on, you know, what he just said. Yeah. So that gave us a lot of confidence to, 
you know, make that big move into the unknown. So you, now you have at least the first connection. Like you said earlier, you didn't have anybody over here. No. You're not connected well. You had your wife from the States, but you know, that's, uh, that's not going to be what God uses necessarily. But now all of a sudden things start falling in place before you actually leave. Yes, absolutely. There so when you made that trip, when you made that trip then, uh, how long before you went back or did you go back? I went back to South Africa twice since I left. Once I had a commitment to teach in the Bible school we had there. So I went back for that. And then I went once more recently with my son who was born there um, to take him back to where he's from. That's right. Yeah. My goodness. So when you made that move and this all came up, like you said, in 72 hours, Yeah. when you make that move, how long were you here uh, in the United States without, without leaving the soil? You know, I don't know. I mean, this is this ever since been. we left, yeah. or, uh, arrived in yeah. 2006, we have not moved from oh. Central Florida. Oh. <laughs> so we've traveled, obviously, and I travel a lot, yeah. probably once a week, but uh, mostly domestic. But it's it's the longest we've ever stayed in one place. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. And you're a guy that, obviously, God, God has entrusted much with you. Uh, it's refreshing to talk to somebody who can make a major, we're talking about a major move, just like you did when you went to Africa. It was like, load it up, move it on out. And here we come. And it is not, it's not going to be for a day or two or a week or a month. It's going to be maybe for years until he gives you the next set of marching orders. Yeah. Yeah. That's what he did. That's what he did. Now, our, our mutual good friend, Mark Goldstein, yes. uh, told me to ask you about Amy. He <laughs> said about how you met. He said, there's, there's a cool story in there. That's a very long story, though. But yeah, <laughs> I'll give you the short version. <laughs> okay, great. Yeah, so... so he what, says hello, by the way. Ah, uh, that's good. He's a good man yeah, and yeah. a good friend. I, I owe him a lot. Yeah, when I, when I came here, I joined the Christian Chamber... And he connected me to yeah. what feels like everybody he knew. Yeah. And, but I, yeah. He did the same for me. Yeah. And I tell him all the time, I said, you know everybody. And he goes, no, I only know the people you need to know. Yeah. He's yeah, probably he's told nice. you that before too. And he's the reason I'm here today, because he set up this interview. Yes. So. I asked him to do that. Yeah. That's right. Because yeah. he's the man. <laughs> he is. He's the master connector. <laughs> no, when I was uh, 21 years old... I was mentored by uh, one of the leaders in my country that was kind of the one of the prominent voices. His name is Jaap Dieleman. And uh, everybody in my country knows who that is. And um, I remember I was the shy kid in the back of the church. I didn't talk much. I had a nickname called the silent one. You wouldn't believe that today, but back in the day, I didn't talk much. Introvert. And... Um, Yap was preaching in my church, and uh, there came a point where he was talking about the trips that he was taking. And I said, Lord, if he, if he asked, who wants to come with me? I'm going to raise my hand. I want to go with this guy. And um, I wasn't even done with that thought. And he's like, who wants to come with me to Kosovo? So Kosovo is former Yugoslavia. Right. And it's Croatia, Serbia, that oh, whole part yeah, of the world. Right. And it was in between two wars. Uh, at the time, I don't know if you remember those mm-hmm, days, mm-hmm. but there were quite some conflicts. The maps in that part of changed it. a lot, man, oh, for, totally, as a result totally. of that. So I, me and two other guys raised their hand and said, okay, you're all three in, you go. Then in, through a series of events, the other two canceled. So I ended up going with this man alone to, uh, to Kosovo to teach at a Bible school. At that time, I had never taught like that, um, but I ended up doing it. And um, Amy, who was from Minneapolis, came with a team from Minneapolis, from her church, and she crossed path for 24 hours. And we were in the same environment for 24 Mm -hmm. hours, just in group setting, exchanged addresses, and started, um, she sent me a Christmas card, and I said, why is she sending me a Christmas card afterwards? 
And I found out Americans do that. So, <laughs> That's something we do. <laughs> but, but, you know, we had literally known each other for 24 hours uh, in group setting. Mm -hmm. And a year passed by and through a series of supernatural things happening on both sides of the world, in both of our lives, it became apparent to both of us that we were supposed to be together. So a year later, I wrote a letter and essentially proposed. <laughs> yeah. In a letter. In a letter. Wow. And um, she said, well, basically, obviously she said yes. Yes. Um, but I remember calling her um, because she sent me a message back saying, hey, um, tell me the story. Why, why do you think that? So I gave her a whole story, which is beyond this interview, I promise you. Mm -hmm. We need to do a dedicated one for that one. Um, so I gave her that, and uh, there was a window of time where I had off from work where I could travel to the United States to meet in person. Now remember, I haven't talked to her for a year. I've only met her for 24 mm -hmm. hours. Mm -hmm. She's 17 years old. Mm -hmm. mm. Um and um, so my, my 10 day window started like tomorrow. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to call her. And it was the first time I talked to her since a year. And she said, man, funny, I'm, I'm just writing you a message that we should probably meet. I said, well, that's why I'm calling. She says, uh, you want to come? I said, yeah. She says, when? I said, what you doing tomorrow? So, <laughs> and you have to understand, I've, I, the first time I, I spent time on a plane was when I flew to Kosovo. I had never been anywhere else on a plane never been outside of of Europe. Mm -hmm. So this was a big thing to mm -hmm. to fly to to the United States. So anyways, long, long story short, flew there, heard her story, which was kind of like the other side of mine and fit like a puzzle. And <laughs> a few months later, we were married. <laughs> what an incredible story. That and I see why Mark wanted me to hear it. Yeah. And it, it's so great for our listeners to hear that because it can happen just like that. It's storybook in its uh, form, but it's the reality of the gospel. Yeah. Uh, the gospel message and the lives of people as God calls your hearts, yeah. he puts you together. Well, this is the thing, you know, so many times religion portrays God as this critical bystander that's going to punish us for our yeah. actions. Yeah, And I've learned... I've come to believe that he is the ultimate participant in our lives. I agree. And he's in the detail. They say devil's in detail. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. The Lord's in the detail. <laughs> I love that. That yeah. is true. Martijn van Tilburg is my guest today. We'll be back with him in a moment. This is just a blast. I know you're having as much fun as I am hearing his story. God, thank you for sending him here. We're grateful for that. We'll be back in a moment. This is Afternoons with Mike. Pastors and financial leaders, do you need expert accounting or tax help? Do you have payroll or 1099 questions? Do you need a ministry expert to help you acquire real estate for your next project? If the answer is yes, yes, and yes, visit PetraWorldwide.org. Petra Worldwide has been strengthening ministries to transform humanity since 2007. Visit PetraWorldwide.org or call 855-481-9095. This is one of those times it's just going by too quickly for me. Martine Van Tilburg is my guest. Martine is uh, with Four Rivers Media, and he is uh, involved in marketing. He's a publisher. He's uh, an author. He is a speaker, and quite frankly, one of the most interesting human beings I've talked to in a long time, and I talk to oh, a lot of people. Well, I'm honored. <laughs> well, I mean that in a good way, man. I mean, the way... What I love about you is your just unreserved devotion to the Lord, willing to drop your, uh, when I say drop your life, I'm talking about drop your your whole address, your zip code, everything about what's going on in your life. You're willing to lay that down at the feet of Jesus and to do what he wants you to do. And I, it's not every day I've met people who are, are, are doing that the way you're doing it. And I'm grateful for it. Thank you. It's quite a model. It's an inspiration. And I think in a day like today, Martine, where people are, they're looking for the real deal. I, I know that they're encouraged when they hear your story. And it may just give some people who are listening today that impetus of faith that they say, God can do that in me too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. 
So you've gone from being now, uh, we've, I'm trying to keep a running count. You've gone from being a, a guy who was after the Lord hard and wanted to be in, like you said, in one of those boxes, however God wanted to use you. There were three boxes you mentioned, pastors and then evangelists. And then uh, the uh, missionaries was the other one. And you, you've really done all of those yes. in a real sense. But now in recent years, as you've come to the U.S. and God expanded your vision, there's now a fourth box, uh, a fourth option anyway, that you could serve the Lord in in a full-time way as you're doing, but it wasn't one of those original three boxes. So, so tell us how you got there. Yeah, so when I arrived here, I, I, I had what I refer to as my Finding Nemo moment. And, um, <laughs> you know, if you haven't seen the movie, shame on you. <laughs> and right. I always say, if, if, if Finding Nemo was written in book format, it, it would have been the 67th book of the Bible. But, <laughs> um, um, but you, know, you know that plot line when, when the fish are in the aquarium, they want to get out and they try yeah. this and they try that and yeah. nothing works. And at the end, somebody, I forget who it was, brilliantly came up with the idea to, to clutter up the filter and turn the tank green. And then they projected that, predicted that the, the guy would come to clean in and put them in plastic bags and they would roll out of the windowsill into the Sydney Harbor. Right. Remember that yes. whole story? Yes. And they, they, they did that and they roll out of the windowsill and then it goes to the closing scene of the movie and they're celebrating because they finally escaped that box they were in, right? And, and like, hoo-hoo, they're free. And then it becomes awkwardly quiet and they look mm -hmm. at each other and they realize that in some ways they're worse off now floating in these little bags and they were still trapped. And, and then one of the fish finally says, now what? And that's when the movie ends. And I remember getting to the United States and I said, now what? That's so because, well said. Because I, 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 in some, so many ways, it was like fulfillment of, of, of everything that God had promised. We were making a move. It was a new season. Things started to align and add up and make sense. And then we got here. And it was now what? Because I realized that looking back, in the Netherlands, but also in South Africa, people that were in charge, like the senior leaders, would come up with what I call templates of ministry, uh, almost like a formula that you follow. Like on Sunday you preach, on Monday you pray, on Tuesday you mm -hmm. study, yeah. on Wednesday you do small group. And for every day there was something arranged that you just had to show up for. And what it did, it created, in hindsight, in the moment I couldn't define it, but in hindsight, I see it as something that created this false sense of religious accomplishment while we were really going in Yeah, you're circles. doing something, yeah. Yeah, I'm doing something spiritual, yeah. mm -hmm. but what am I really doing? Right. And I'm just following orders. And when I came here, there was nobody to put me to work, so to say. And I, I was faced with a choice. I'm going to do one or two things. One, I'm going to find somebody else that puts me to work. Or two, I'm just, just going to suck it up and, and wrestle through this and give birth to something that's authentic to myself. And that's, I think, the key thing, key decision that I made that ultimately led me to a place where I started to realize that God's more creative than three options when he calls you. That's right. Yeah. And he was about ready to reveal that other option. Yes. And yeah. so uh, you were able to somehow discern through, and I'm, I, I'm sure that by now you've caught on to the fact that you're a great storyteller, you're a, great, uh, per, you're a person with a great gift to be able to see, I think, layers of, uh, of uh, abilities. What we now understand is the telling of a story, the marketing, the whole yeah. idea of pre presentation. Let's just leave yeah. it with that word. You, you had to have caught on to that. Yeah, I mean, I, I honestly, I was the first two years that I was in the United States, I was still in the traditional ministry paradigm. So the first two years I spent as a traveling itinerant minister speaking places, mm -hmm. thinking that that's how you be a voice of the church. Um, but it brought me to a place where three things happened. One, my finances dried up, more than dried up, ended up in debt, consumer debt, significant. Uh, just by living life that mm -hmm. was expensive. Yeah, yeah. 
And then um, doors that had supernaturally opened started closing without explanation, didn't make sense. And then um, the third thing that happened was my pastor went through a divorce and married the oh, worship leader. Oh, wow. So one of those oh. stories, and I, oh. we had given our lives for 15 years to build that ministry, which imploded overnight and virtually disappeared. So it was a very confusing time. And I was laying in bed one night, and uh, I look at Amy, and I say, now what? Couldn't pay the rent, didn't know what to do. All the eggs that were put in that basket, that basket was yeah. gone. Yeah. And... Um, you know, this was the end in some ways. Sounds dramatic. It was dramatic. But it was in that moment that uh, that I said the words, now what? I remember very clearly, Easter night, 2008, uh, that I had an experience that I was caught up in a different realm. And you may be listening and think like, oh, this guy has all these spiritual experiences. But I honestly don't. Pretty down to earth and really don't have many of these. But that night I did. I was caught up in another realm. I was struck with muteness. I couldn't speak. I started crying, which I don't do. My wife thinks I'm having a stroke. Start shaking me. Like, what's going on? I can't say what's going on. And and in my trance-like experience, I wow. see Jesus walk with his disciples for three years, and they are having the time of their lives. They were born to live this life. They are under his teaching. They see the miracles, the blind see, the yeah. dead are being raised. Yeah. How could life possibly get any better than this? This was destiny. This was purpose. And I, I made the connection between what I saw in my life when I came to the state. I thought, man, this is finally, I'm no longer a square peg in a round hole. I felt a sense of fulfillment I had never felt before. Mm -hmm. But now all those things started to collapse and it didn't make sense. So I'm looking at this scene and this scene, um, uh, Jesus sits them down and says, it's in your advantage that this stops. Yeah. It's and it doesn't make good. sense. It doesn't make sense. Yeah. So then he goes yeah, on a Friday. Right. And their world collapses, and the only thing that they can think of doing is to have church around a dead body. Remember that story? Mm -hmm. And they make him smell good and they put him in linen, mm -hmm. but then after three days, that's stolen from them as well, mm -hmm. at least from that paradigm. And I'm looking at this, and I see my life, because everything was collapsed, and I tried to just keep going, and but really wasn't doing much. And um, so as I'm looking at this, I realize everything must die before God can resurrect it. That's and, good. And, and I decided in that moment I'm going to kill the, what I had defined as my ministry, dissolve my nonprofit next day. And I said, okay, uh, let's reset. And then I felt he, I had to start a business, and that's the birth of Four Rivers Media. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, I, if you remember what I said, I quit school. I didn't have much of skill. I reminded God of it, but it took me again through another wrestling match. <laughs> and and all I could think of was this story of the widow who had nothing in her house but a little bit of oil. And I was trying to identify what that oil was yeah. in my house. And the only thing I could come up with was that I read a book on Photoshop once. Uh, it's kind of random. It's kind of weird. Photoshop. Photoshop. Who does Man, that? Who, Photoshop yeah. 6. Two versions <laughs> behind from where Photoshop was. And then... Uh, I picked it up at Books A Million from the sales table. That's why I was on sale. I was behind. Downloaded an illegal copy of Adobe Photoshop. because yeah, A friend of mine once called that trailing edge technology. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I, th I figured I can download an illegal copy because the Lord needed it. You know? I figured if those disciples could steal that donkey, <laughs> you know, I could do that. So... <laughs> So over the years, I had become like a mediocre designer. So I said, that's the oil I got. I can be a mediocre designer. I can sell myself as such. And I can probably figure out how to build a website. Didn't mm -hmm. know how to, but I could probably figure it out. And that's where I started. Picked up classified ads, started calling local businesses, selling them a website I don't know how to build. Sold my first one. Did an online course, built it. And wow. that's how we started. And look at it today. Tell us a little bit about what you have. I know you have Avail Magazine. Yeah. It's one of the ventures. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I was, uh, th that whole journey is really humbling because through the process, God defined completely what it means to be a voice to the church. So now I'm in media and I work 95% of the time with Christian influencers who possess a message that I believe the church needs and I help them amplify it. Mm -hmm. So that translates to a lot of different brands that we've created over the years. By now, you know, we're a multi-million dollar company that helps get the word out 
uh, in various formats. So mm-hmm. the whole idea is that people read, listen, watch, participate, attend. Yeah. These are all different vehicles that you can utilize to package a message to get it to as many people as possible. Wow. And uh, so we have a magazine group, uh, we have a book group, we do online courses, we do events all over the world, uh, programs, education, you name it. Mm -hmm. And um, it's all helping to, one, get the word to as many people as possible, and two, um, create an economy that sustains God's mission. That's, Man, that's the nutshell right it's there. It's fantastic. What a great story. Martijn van Tilburg, as you've uh, just joined us, you've, you've missed an incredible story, but the good news is this is going to be in podcast, and you can get it. Of course, uh, if uh, you're listening in the 1 o'clock hour, then this will replay tonight at the 6 o'clock hour, so you can hear it all then. Uh, Martine, you know, this this is such a great thing. How can people uh, learn more about Four Rivers Media, the, the magazine, see all of this? Uh, tell us your website. Yeah, so my personal one is martinevantilburg.com. I know that's a mouthful and hard to spell. <laughs> it's like Martin with a J after the I, Van, and then Tilburg, T-I-L-B-O-R-G-H.com. That's my personal website. Um, then we have theartofleadership.com. That is Avail. Avail is a leadership brand mm-hmm. that helps develop leaders, master the art I of leadership. It. It's a great magazine. And um, yep. So and then we have uh, fourriversmedia.com. That's kind of like the holding uh, company for all our initiatives. Just to give you point of reference, last year we did 200 publishing projects. This year we'll probably end up doing 300. Wow. So it's it's quite a bit of a an operation. Yeah, if COVID there, didn't slow you down at all, no, man. No, it, it multiplied us. Isn't that something? Yeah. Yeah. I, I freaked out first day of COVID, <laughs> laid a bunch of people off, and then only to find out that within the next few months we doubled staff. So yeah. Well, your story is inspiring, sir. Well, thank thank you. you. And I'd love to have you back up on the I program. Have, in the I future. have very little to do with it. <laughs> well, you are a channel through which the Holy Spirit is moving. And I'm grateful that he's using you. And uh, I hope that our listeners take you up on those uh, visits to those websites because it's very interesting. And thank you for spending this hour with us. All right. Thank you, Mark. So great. Martine Van Tilborg. And uh, do check that website out. And uh, I know you're going to enjoy it as much as I do. Thank you for being with us, friends. We'll see you next time on Afternoons with Mike.